Hello, this is longtime Milwaukee radio personality Steve Pallack. Stand by, your next episode is queued up. The on air light is lit. It's season five of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. This is Chris Byer, as always, with Jim Martin. Jim? Hello, fans, people, everywhere. Hello. (laughs) All of them. All Uh, the people. Every now and then we bring friends onto the show. Last week we had a friend, uh, Scott Zavecco, and then this week we've got another friend of ours, Andy Frerking. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing good. Andy's joining us from Las Vegas, and we just talked a little bit about what he's been going through, and we'll probably touch on that at the end of this episode here. But we brought Andy on because Andy has spent a lot of time in Ukraine here over the last couple of years. And we thought we'd first in the first episode talk about life in Ukraine and the second episode talk, obviously, about uh, the war going on in Ukraine. So, Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming, and, Andy. Good. Yeah. Glad to be here. And <laughs> let's just start off with uh, when did you go to Ukraine? What year? Well, I've, I've been to Ukraine quite a bit. In the last since two thousand three is my was the first time going there, but this time around, I, first time I went was two thousand. Uh, well, I went two thousand fourteen <laughs> for like a month, and then I went well two thousand fifteen a couple times, and then the, the big time I went was two thousand sixteen, and I stayed for almost a year. Wow! Came back came back to United uh, to Vegas. Uh, I think maybe eight months, something like that. And then I went back and then I was doing a rotation. That's where I, I, I met my wife, uh, my now wife. So I went back to visit her. Cool. So did you have couple. like relatives over there or something, or did you just think it was a cool place to go? Or what was the reason for going there in the first place? Well, the first time I went was 2003. I did a big Europe trek. I'd never been out of the country. And I'm like, I'm, I had an opportunity to go. I had some free time and, and money. And I'm like, I'm just going to go and hit a bunch of countries. And mm-hmm. I hit the I hit the touristy places like Spain and Italy, sure. um, and I'm like, and then I wanted to hit a couple countries that were kind of off the the path, and mm-hmm. uh, so that that would be Bulgaria and Ukraine, cool because they're close to each other. Mm-hmm. It, it's really interesting. I, I I drove Bulgaria from Sofia to Varna, uh, beautiful country, and had a good time there. And then I uh, in Ukraine I went, uh, I think it was there for two or three weeks the first time i went and i just I hired a driver and i hit like four cities four or five cities and uh, just drove around at the time the the exchange rate was five to one five of their grievna is their currency to one of our dollars so uh it kind of you know one dollar went you know a lot farther than i was used to <laughs> right sure yeah. and um things have gotten more expensive there now since uh now it's actually like 29 to one <laughs> Oh, Since really? 2014, yeah, in in 2014, when uh, Russia annexed Crimea, and then the whole separatist thing started happening in the Donbass region, the currency went to 28 to one, and now it's at like 29, teetering on you know almost 30 to one because of this invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, but the prices have increased. So back in 2003, you actually got more when it was five to one at that time, because hmm. it's before. Yeah. It's, it's just uh, at the time it was like, it still felt like Soviet union at that time. Okay. Very, 
I mean, the, the, the uh, woman at the airport, the officer at the airport had one of those big funny hats on. The, <laughs> the, the, the furry hats? <laughs> no, yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, I just felt it's like I, I felt like I stepped into a James Bond movie. It was weird. <laughs> well, I just want to remind our, our folks joining for the monet, monetary exchange rate podcast that we've got all the rates here that we're going to talk <laughs> right. about rates all That's over right. the world. If you've got a country in mind, just wait. You'll hear it soon. Yeah, here hear as the, as... the yen, the, the Deutschmark, even though it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. We're going to have that. The ruble. The ruble. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, so you drove around. Uh, you drove around there. Where did you you know, set up shop? Where did you stay the longest uh, when you were there in uh, Ukraine the uh, first time? The same city. Um, it seems central Ukraine was like a good idea because then I could hit other country or other cities uh, like Odessa, which is on the Black Sea, Mariupol, which is now, you know, leveled, unfortunately. But I hit all those cities and it was just, uh, it just seemed like a good point to kind of not so far from Kiev, but I could still hit the, the city on the sea. But anyway, at the time, it was called Dnipropetrovsk. Okay. So that, hmm. that, was, that was the name of that city. Now, uh, after 2014, they, Ukraine had a, a pro-European mindset. You know, they were heading in that direction. They were kind of yes. like trying to distance themselves from the Russian influence. So they started renaming cities. So now that city is called Dnipro. <laughs> they kind of shortened it oh, from okay. Dnipropetrovsk to, to Dnipro. Um, and they've been changing street names as well. Like their main street in that city is Karl, Karl, Karla Marxa, you know, after Karl Marx. Mm -hmm. And now it's, it's changed to some Ukrainian philosopher. It's not, it's not yeah, MLK right. Boulevard. No, no. no. <laughs> okay. Just check. <laughs> see so how about, uh, how about English and uh, Ukraine? How did you do in terms of communication? Wow. My first trip there, I had a Russian English dictionary. And hmm. just use that. Looked up words and did you know Russian before? Did you know Russian no. before you went? Okay. No, no. And oh, that's a, as a side note. I don't know if you knew this, but yes, the primary language at that time was Russian, and it still is. It's for central to eastern part of Ukraine. Um, everybody just speaks Russian because it's easiest for them. That's they're born into it. Um, but they really are making a push to to have everything in Ukrainian. And I think this is where the, you know, Russia is coming up with this like ethnic cleansing BS yeah. that, you know, oh, they're trying to destroy, you know, all the Russian influence. But I mean, they're nationalists. They're just kind of like, hey, you know, this is Ukraine. It should be Ukrainian, should be the name, the main language. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, that's just a kind of a side note. So uh, at the time, this is before Google Translate. And uh, I think Babel was the uh the online translator and it didn't work very good at all <laughs> so yeah smartphones weren't weren't the thing at that time so yeah i had just a regular dictionary and you looked up words i communicated my driver this way told him which cities i wanted to go to see and and real nice guy actually we became friends and uh he drove me all around and kind of a crazy driver though i'm <laughs> very thankful that uh we did get into accidents did you run into many people speaking english or not at all uh, not so much and in Kiev more so, um, because it's the capital, it's kind of like the hub, but yeah, the, and Odessa a little bit, um, cause it's their main port city, Mariupol really not at all, but it's, uh, that was then. So from 2014 on, they've been a lot more pro-European. So they've been a lot more people speaking English now. Mm, okay. 
especially in Kiev. I'd, I'd be really surprised in Kiev if if you were walking on the street and asked somebody something in English that they wouldn't understand. Okay, yeah. So is Ukrainian a lot different than Russian? It is similar as in uh, like uh, Portuguese is to Spanish, right? Oh, okay. I was thinking, so, I, I, I think about, so my, my sister-in-law is Dutch and, um, and I know German and sometimes I hear her talking and I'm like, oh, it's a lot like German. Now she wants to make sure I understand there's not anything like German, right? They don't want to be related to Germany <laughs> at all, right? But yes. it is, it's like, it's like a smash between English and German. So I wonder, I'm, yeah. I'm, my guess is probably Ukrainian is something similar, similar to Russian, but it's, you know, it's got its own. Yeah. Yeah, most of the times I can't really even tell the difference when somebody's speaking it because it's it's that same you know guttural sound. Yeah. Um, mm. But in the western parts of Ukraine, I it's more melodic, right? Okay. The, the Ukrainian is it sound it sounds smoother, so it's not quite as sharp as Russian. Mm. Okay. Um, and I think I think the they both use the Cyrillic alphabets, but uh, Ukrainian has I think one or two additional uh, symbols. What's an alphabet? Letters, letters, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, that's uh, that whole situation. I mean, it's pretty, it's gotta be pretty crazy. Do you know anything about, like, you said you uh, bought a house, right? Bought like an apartment over there? Yeah. And and so, do you know anything about, like, the condition or, like, are you gonna be able to get back anytime soon to check it out? I'm probably not. the The condition is terrible, but that's because of me. Oh, okay. (laughs) I, I gutted it out. I mean, this okay. thing is, hadn't been remodeled since Soviet era, and uh, okay, we think we think it was built in like 1950 or something like that. Okay, and um, it's uh, Soviet construction, of course. But man, it's uh, whoever lived there before. I guess it was a an old alcoholic pair. Okay, and they just they didn't take care of it at all. Gotcha. But when we bought it, um, the floor it was a wood floor, and it was mm-hmm. like huge a big you know bow in the middle right okay and um her dad does construction there and he said oh don't worry about it we can you know we'll drill into the floor and screw it down so it pulls it down and we were just thinking maybe some water damage one year or something like that yep that's what i was thinking too uh but when we started getting into the floor we started it's, it's on the ground floor this particular flat and uh we started realizing that it was no uh, sub floor. <laughs> there was, oh, we, no. thought there was, we thought there was a basement underneath, but there wasn't. And oh. it was just dirt. <laughs> wow. And, we're like, and her dad has done a lot of construction there. And he's, he just looked at it like, Oh, you know, we what <laughs> <laughs> didn't, wasn't anticipating that. Yeah. And, um, just so get a rock, let, just put a big rock in the middle of the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we still, I'm not clear on what, caused this i think there must have been some flood at some point that made the subfloor rise up because it was the wood floor you know there's joists uh, in the wood joists Mm -hmm. um that the wood floor sits on top of and they had these spacers into the into the like under the ground like they had a cement like a and it was like it looked like a coffee pot cement you know (laughs) and it just had stuff stacked on top of it to support they're like whatever's laying around we're going to use to You're right right <laughs> uh, stack it to make this level and uh we think maybe at some point the there was a flood or some something that pushed the that up and the, the boards just completely warped so yeah. when i i didn't we, we elected to just cut out the floor completely and just yep. start over yep. and it's unfortunate because this was really thick hard pine mm. hardened pine yeah. beautiful 
I mean, they painted over it and all that crap, but yep. over the years, but we could have stripped it and resanded it and it would have been beautiful. Yeah. But we, it just no way we could have made that work. And you couldn't salvage so, any of it just to put back in or anything? Nah, I mean, we ended up giving all the wood to her dad, but they're going to use it in their house. But okay, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, we, we tore it all out. So we're going to make it a big open flat. It's going to be like a studio. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, everything just gutted everything out the bathroom, the toilet, the, the bathtub. I mean, everything came out. Yeah. And you know, I mentioned yeah. that, that the, they were alcoholics. They, they stored these empty beer bottles behind the bathtub and then sealed the wall. <laughs> so when we tore, when we tore into that, I mean, we found trash. Basically. Yeah, right. We probably used to level the wall or something, you know, make, make sure yeah. the house is more stable. Put the beer bottles in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, and actually I pulled out this beer and it's funny. Uh, Julie was laughing about it. She's like, wow, they, they haven't made this beer since like 1999 or something like that. Right. right. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, that's... uh that's crazy. So um, obviously no basement in this house. Not there. Um, yeah. it, and you know what? I, it, it, it looks like a, the outside of the building looks like one of those. Uh, well, it looks kind of like a project, actually. But it's okay. the, <laughs> the Soviet Union style, just kind of bland, uh, a square, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. big rectangle box. Um, and our flat is one of, uh, God, uh, maybe 60 flats in that particular building oh really okay okay yeah gotcha, gotcha. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming um, you're pulling all the proper permits when you do all this stuff you know make sure oh it's yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah in ukraine yeah they talk about corruption in ukraine but, yeah right uh, i mean there's a, some truth to that i mean the, the, your permit is like you know you know a couple hundred grievance right. to the guy, <laughs> to, to right, right. guy. That's, right. that's the permit yeah um yeah. but uh yeah, so it's it, there's of course we have to do certain things like the gas line. You don't you can't mess with that. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And they'll they'll come down on you if you. Do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure like and, the gold, same. You know. Yeah, because you don't want to burn the rest of the building Correct. down. Right. Um, no, you don't. But although it's all cement, I mean the whole every every flat is like its own cement compartment. Oh so, okay. Okay. I don't even know if the fire would spread. I mean, yeah, they call it a fire break, right? <laughs> yeah, fire break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every every flat is its own fire break. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, so when I was pulling up stuff off to the ceiling, there's yeah. this big crack that goes all the way across, and I'm thinking, oh, oh shit. you know, because I took up this wall, and I'm like, yeah. I, they can't, it can't be a little bearing wall, right? Yeah, it right, right. Because yeah. it's, it's just, it's regular wood studs. Yeah. Um, and then it was also a uh, brick and that oh, was actually okay. kind of pretty, but, but the bricks are, uh, I was trying to salvage some of the bricks, but they, I mean, they've got uh drywall glue on it and stuff like that. Okay. I mean, just yeah. really what, what wasn't salvageable, but right, right. Um, I was saying, I was like, wow. I'm like, what if I just took out a little bearing wall and everything's going to, because this Yikes. is a, a, Four story. Yeah, it's four floors. So, what's life like living in uh, Ukraine for an American, and uh, in terms of safety, security, the the public amenities? You know, what what's life in Ukraine for the common Ukrainian and and uh, the the expatriate in Ukraine? Uh, well, now it's it's really nice. I mean, the first time I went, obviously, is a long time ago, and I did meet expats along the way. Anytime you, any on the street, anyone speaking English at that time, you're kind of like what? And uh, so I, I did meet some fellow Americans and actually an Australian uh, too. 
And some of them I kept in touch with over the years. Uh, one guy invited me to go go-kart racing with him. <laughs> that would have been fun. I, I didn't have time. But now it's, uh, it's I mean, Nipro is a very uh, modern city. It's, they've really, it's really improved in the last, I'd say, five years even. Now, of course, things are slowing down. Uh, they will shut down because of the, the invasion. Um, her parents haven't worked pretty much since this thing started. Mm, yeah. um, so things are really difficult for them now. But, uh, yeah, it was nice. I mean, the, the, my favorite thing in Ukraine is the dining. And uh, the food just seems fresher. It's handmade. You know, if you go to a, a restaurant here, uh, especially if it's one of the chains, like, what's that garden olympic no, olive garden olive garden, olive garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah olive garden those type of thing i think i was at olive garden once a couple of years back and the dish came out half frozen and i i mentioned to the server and she's like oh yeah these are pre-made and frozen and then they just heat them up with wow. <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah but in ukraine <laughs> it's it's all made fresh it's all and it's and it seems healthier too like i, I make jokes with her that the mcdonald's in ukraine it actually tastes like health like a health food compared to here <laughs> <laughs> what uh what is you know like the the standard living there is it is it noticeably different than ours yes they don't really have much of a, a social net so they you know the old people they don't have a pension like we have social security uh which in our standard isn't so much either but it's way more than what they're getting i mean i think i heard that uh, a single old woman you know that's a widower uh gets something like fifty dollars a month okay. to survive on yeah, yeah right wow so it's it's really kind of sad so you see a lot of old people asking for money you know on the corner asking for money um maybe asking to uh for your to go to your trash you know to get your you know get all any of the cans out so they can go you know get money for them um, it's really kind of sad. So we try to help, you know, throughout the, you know, whenever, wherever we can there. Um, if we see old lady in, in line at the grocery store and she doesn't have money, we'll, we'll pay for it. I mean, it's like $4, you know, it's yeah. to us, it's, it's not much, but it, it really yeah. helps. Them. Yeah. Right. right. What yeah. about, what about crime? Is that an issue? Is it any different there in terms of safety? Well, I feel safe there. Um, there's a lot less mass shootings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. That's not an issue there. Although there was a shooting, but it was in the uh, the military. They some military guy went crazy and uh, shot up his compatriots. I guess you would call them. Um, oh, okay. Wow. But it was it was at a base, a military base. But other than that, I mean, of course, there's crime. Um, there, I think there's a little bit of a, a drug cartel there a little bit of a mafia thing still lingering um okay. not that you know never really affected us but there was some drug dealer hit that went on um a place where i was just standing a couple of days earlier um and broad daylight so i mean stuff like that can happen but it's it's really rare but uh, as far as crime i've never been robbed there i've never been uh People have tried to scam me, <laughs> especially taxi drivers. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's going to cost twenty dollars." I'm like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday it cost seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, there was a lot of that. Now with Uber, Uber's there now, so that's Ooh. cut that down a lot because everything you know the price is guaranteed up front, of course. Sure. But we've walked along the, the city center at two in the morning before. And there's never, never been any problems. Is fraud and corruption an issue in terms of the government, in terms of their relationship with the people? Well, so the there is. I think that's left over from the Soviet era. Because uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union, 
it was kind of like a free for all. I mean, people were making money as much as they could, and and the, the people in power, you know, were the ones that kind of kind of capitalized on that. The first time I went uh, back in two thousand three, uh, the driver that I'd hired uh, had to pay four or five fines, fines, <laughs> air quotes, um, along this trip, and I felt bad. It, it was it was only like a couple bucks here and there, um, but he stopped one of them. He stopped to ask a policeman for directions <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere in this country road. And the policeman told him and then cited him for something about his car. <laughs> he had, to <laughs> it was just, like, it was so surreal. It's like, well, yeah, anyway. Uh, so that does happen, but it's, they've been trying to clean that up, especially since 2014, because I, I think they've been really trying to gravitate towards the EU and the EU has standards about that. Yeah. And uh, they don't want, you know, government contracts going to like rebuild a bridge and have have them at, you know, have anyone along the way add any padding, you know, to, for their, you know, for their own pockets. So their EU is really strict about that thing. And they basically said, no, there's no way you're going to get in with this kind of corruption in your government. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then that's kind of stuff you don't necessarily see here in, the, in America so much. You, you know, if if you get pulled over for for uh, speeding you know the cops not like yeah give me 20 bucks and i'll let you go i mean that's got you know that that's never happened to be here. No. <laughs> yeah but yeah. I mean, but in ukraine yeah yes yeah. pretty 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 much you're gonna pay uh you know 100 or 200 grivna which is like uh four to eight dollars um to make that fine go away mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah now again all this maybe prior to the invasion here uh, what did they think about Americans? What did they think about you? Were they happy with you being in their country? Oh yeah. Um, well, the first time I went back in 2003, it was kind of a, it was a shock. Everybody was, just, I mean, it was disbelief. Like who is this person speaking another language? It was, they're very kind of a closed society at the time. Um, now it's a lot of foreigners are going there. Um, Turkey uh, has a lot of uh, trade with Ukraine. And uh, so uh, Turkish people are coming over for uh, to go to the universities there, and Turkey's opened their borders to Ukrainians as well. So it's it's kind of a um, there's a lot more foreigners there now. Americans uh, they've always been intrigued with America, you know, because we we've got the pop music, we've got the um, you know we've got the uh, Coca Cola, you know, all this stuff. It's kind of like. <laughs> yeah, McDonald's. Their McDonald's there is always packed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so I was I was well received, um, especially after 2014. I think they see us as allies. And um, now this this can change the uh, the farther east you go, because uh, east is bordering on Russia. And, and you got to understand, before 2014, Russia and Ukraine were very close. I mean, they they worked together. They, they did a lot of business. I mean, uh, I knew someone in Kharkiv that drove to Russia once a week, you know, because her, uh, the, uh, uh, parent company was located there, you know, mm. for the company okay. that she worked for. So it was real, a lot of trade going on between them and they had open border. And, uh, that's why I kind of got saddened by this. Cause it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, two people that used to be friends that now hate each other and they're fighting. It's kind of like, you know, uh, it's, it's, I, I'm kind of depressed about that, but now it's, yeah, it's, I think most Ukrainians, even the ones that were a little pro-Russian before are now really angry. Um, 
yeah. especially with some of the atrocities that have been committed in, in some yep. of the cities like Bucha. Uh, so you, you worked in Ukraine, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was teaching English. Um, they, uh, they have a lot of industry there, um, especially in IT related stuff. Uh, so programmers, that kind of thing. And uh, I've got a technical background, as you know. So they want their employees to be conversational in English. And um, so they, they would pay me <laughs> to $15 an hour, actually, to come in and, which is a lot of money in Ukraine, um, to come in and just talk with them. And uh, Oracle, like Oracle, this big software company, they have a branch there. And they would okay. come in and, uh, a couple times a week just to talk to their employees about anything. Just uh, because these are people that know English, they know the grammar uh, structure and all that stuff, but they just need to practice it. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Do, how, how much of Russian or Ukrainian have you learned, if any? Uh, well, they've. she's tried to teach me some Ukrainian, um, and I always resisted it because I'm like, you know what, I... It's an obscure, from my point of view as a traveler, it's an obscure language that I would only use in Ukraine. And, and I thought it would be better to just learn Russian since m- most people were speaking it there anyway. Um, I, why not just learn Russian? And then I can then I could potentially travel to several countries right, and use this language. So, so I do know a few <laughs> uh, phrases in Russian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Yeah, let's yeah. go out here. Unless you're swearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can I can swear too. Those are the first words you always learn. In right. Yeah, right, right. Swear words. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I can say Zrasvucha, uh, Minyazvut uh, Andy, which is my name is it's hello. My name right. Is I understood the Andy part. Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can say Yagavru Koruski Horosho, which well, means I speak Russian well. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> nice. And that's probably about it, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Dos yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yet. Yeah. And I know ah, yet. Yeah, yet, yeah, yeah, yet. I know some of the, you know, the like good night, sweet dreams. I can say Spokona uh Dobra Dien, I can say that's good day, that kind of thing. But yeah. I could just sit there and listen to people speak and I'd maybe pick out a dozen words what so I can kind of get a gist what they're talking about. Right, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, like I, I just I bought my wife a new purse, and uh, like a week later, she was talking to her friends, blah, 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 and I, I knew they were talking about the new purse she just, she just yeah. got. So, right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what a great man I was! To right, oh sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might have embellished that part though. <laughs> you know, over here, you got to over here. You have to have a green card to work over there. To work as an American, are there restrictions? Well, there there are officially, but it's it's Ukraine, <laughs> so uh, they just pay me cash. It's okay. I mean, nobody's really policing that, and it doesn't seem to be a problem. It's like if uh, someone here, you know, does your lawn maintenance and you you pay them cash. Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. What about uh, what about healthcare? That kind of thing. Like, do you, I mean, you know, like health insurance or anything. Like, how how is that all set up there? I, I, well, as a temporary resident, I had health insurance, but I had to buy. You know. Okay. Um, if I would if I would have gotten my permanent residency, which I was going to before the solar invasion thing, then they then the state would provide it for me. But okay. it's really not you know cutting edge healthcare really. So I, I'd probably keep keep my insurance. <laughs> okay. To, actually, I don't know if you guys knew this. I uh, got surgery in Ukraine. Oh really? Oh no, and, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a athletic injury um, 
where I dislocated my shoulder. And mm-hmm. it was just years of, uh, I think years of water skiing and wakeboarding <laughs> yeah. crashes. Yeah. And uh, it just wore away the bone. And eventually it just finally popped out. Back Actually back in 2015, it just the first time it popped out, I was playing racquetball and tripped and put my arm out to break my fall and it just popped it out of, mm-hmm. out of socket. And, uh, it popped out a month later and the doctor warned me, he said, okay, now once it's been out, it's going to be yeah. easier. So be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, sure enough, it just popped out again. And at this, by this time I knew how to put it back in joint by myself. Yeah. Um, and also no, you, saw, not, you saw a lethal weapon, right? So I know I slam myself against the door. And, ah! yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's not realistic. I found. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, it came out like a dozen times in the next two years. So, uh, actually kite surfing in Egypt was the last time it popped out. I was just like, okay, I gotta get this fixed. This is ridiculous. And, it doesn't uh, seem like a good time for your shoulder to pop out kite surfing. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess it's better yeah. than paragliding, but you know, still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so once I put it back in, um, it's, it, it still hurts for the next three days. It aches because it, it's pulling your ligaments and it's not a natural thing. So I, I priced surgery here, you know, because I'm self-employed. I don't have a healthcare plan here. And um, I, I priced surgery. The cheapest surgery I could find paying cash was like $30,000. Wow. And yeah. So, and I was just in Ukraine at the time. I was like, oh, maybe I should check it out here. And I, I Hold on. Talking. Does that, does that include tip or no? Ten <laughs> percent thing there, you know. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, how was uh, you know, using the healthcare system there? You said it was not quite up to date. Well, this wasn't the state. This was a private clinic there uh-huh. in her city, and um, uh, it cost me uh, with after all the you know post care stuff and rehab and all that. It cost about two thousand dollars. Oh, jeez. And I had a, I had a HSA, so I. Yeah, I, I actually did have a healthcare plan here in America, but it was uh, one of those high deductible ones. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, I think $5,000 okay. that I had to pay. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I, I got the... Yeah, I was going to say, as a little bit of a preview to the second half, which is coming up here, let's tell the story about how you had to get out of uh, Ukraine here and get to America with your, your wife here. Um, so you guys, you were there in January, right? Yeah. And then you had planned on living in Ukraine and then things happened. Yeah, I had been living in Ukraine the prior year. And um, I came back in the end of January to, like I said, to make some money to help pay for this uh, remodeling project for the flat that we had just bought. And uh, that's when the, va- the evasion happened uh, the month later, you know, February 24th. So, um and I, I was asking her to leave. I said, you know, because in the news, it was we were hearing it was going to happen any day now. Now, what could have her point was like, it's been like this, you know, since 2014. We're used to it. Right. You know, he's he's just bluffing, blah, blah, blah. And she didn't want to leave. Well, after the invasion happened, she's like, I don't want to leave my parents. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. understandably. Um, but after a couple of weeks of that, hiding in the, you know, in the, her parents' bedroom when the air sirens were going off, um, her parents finally convinced her to, to leave. And, um, so I flew her to Tijuana and I drove down, it's like a six hour drive from here, I think. And, um, picked her up 
we spent a couple of days in Tijuana, just kind of relaxed, decompressed, and then uh, drove her back over the border where we declared uh, political asylum, and uh, they detained her for a week uh, in really hellish conditions. Actually, it's kind of, kind of disappointing that this was her first exposure to America. But uh, they they had ten women in this small room, no windows, one door with like a little you know view view window in there. And uh, one toilet they all had to share, and they only had two beds, two cots. And so, what? Wow. You had, you had, you had eight women sleeping on the floor, wow. you know, the, with the with the toilet just a couple feet away. And uh, they only could bathe every two days, every other day. Um, and no access to phone or communication or anything. There's no way I could call to check on her. Yeah. Uh, and it was just, uh, I didn't find out in, that she was being released until like she was already released. <laughs> so luckily I lived close enough that I could just, you know, I jumped in the car the next day and went down and picked her up. Um, actually, uh, uh, there's a, a, what do you call it? A, a nonprofit group that helps with that, that end part of it, where they actually paid for the room and mm. uh, helped, helped feed them and, and, uh, and everything. Um, it's a Jewish group, actually. So I was very thankful. You know, we were very thankful that she got that help because before that, they would just open the door and kick yeah. them out. And it's, you go. You know, like, good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. good luck. Yeah. Welcome to America. Yeah, call your friends. Uh, yeah. What? Well, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. hey, with that, uh, let's wrap up this first half. And then in the second half here in just a couple of minutes, let's talk about the, the Russian Ukrainian situation and, uh, and where that's going. So okay. wrap it up for a second and we'll we'll join you in a minute. Yeah. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast as we wrap up our conversation about Ukraine with our friend and resident Ukraine expert, Andy Fracking. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.